are listening to Diary of a Bald Man. This show is powered by Crater City Inc., a veteran-owned business in Middlesbrough, Kentucky. While Alan will bring entertainment to your ears, Josh and Laurie at Crater City Inc. will bring art and beauty into your life. Now sit back, shut up, and enjoy the show. First Responders Children's Foundation takes care of the children and families the brave ones leave at home. Help us help them. These are the beautiful voices of police officers, firefighters, nurses, and teenagers who remind us that we can come together and create harmony and unity. to 24365 to learn how you can help your first responder community today. Damn, America. So as an Army and First Responder veteran, that message from the First Responder Children's Foundation, that always hits home. You know, because where my background in law enforcement and as a veteran in uh, just first responders, it reminds me of the great men and women that I worked alongside or for who spent then lost their lives in the service of others. But what makes the message more profound is that there are organizations like this that are providing for those we left behind. You know, we see so many things out there for different groups. Think of the Susan Komen Foundation. You know, there is so much going on with breast cancer and cancer of all types. That's one of the reasons I love and cherish the St. Jude's Foundation. Susan Komen, Rackop CBD. You know, and a lot of people think, well, Rackop CBD is not a foundation. In itself, it is. You know, Joe Revis and his team. Joe Revis was former Special Forces uh, engineer, came back, dealt with all these issues, started Rackops, and is now helping other veterans like myself with PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. And then you have this group with the First Responder Children's Foundation helping those that are left behind. See, this is the kind of thing that we normally don't think of day to day as safety professionals, as individuals, as, you know, leaders of industry. A lot of things that we think about are how to keep things rolling, how to keep things functioning. Very few times do we spend thinking about what could I have done? What's out there for me? You know, it's great when organizations are formed or developed for members or victims or recipients because they have a greater understanding 
of the needs of those who they are providing for. And that's how you become famous. So while we're getting into today's show, I want you to take a moment to look ahead. While you're sitting there, you're driving to work, you're preparing for work. Maybe you just got off of work. I don't know. But I want you to look ahead and think what is an organization or cause that you feel would be a benefit for others. You know, maybe you're a victim of child abuse. Maybe you're a victim from robbery. Maybe you're a victim of workplace violence. And everybody says, well, this happens to this group. This happens to that. But who's supporting? Who's developing? Who's protecting those that have been involved in that? So what has happened to you or around you that needs addressing or supporting? Think about it. You are the foundation of something great. And the world is ready to support that idea that you have. Now, when we come to it, a lot of people say, well, I can't do anything. Well, you can't do anything if you don't put it out there. If you go on to Facebook, LinkedIn, any social media platform, and you search, you'll see that there are groups for INTJs. Like, I'm an INTJ. That's a Myers-Briggs thing. That's your, you know, that's your personality index. But it's a difficult thing. So if you think about it, introvert, knowledgeable, thinking, and judgmental, people think we're assholes. And sometimes we are. It's by interpretation. So people will interpret your attempts to develop or, you know, change or sustain based off of how you present them. So we'll get to looking at things. And what you're going to see is internally, inside yourself, you have the building block that's going to help others. Okay, so we've already discussed that. Now let's get your mind into today's show. And I want to ask you this. And this may sound like an odd question, but anything we look at, you have to look at from various sides. So I want to ask you, what do Colonel Sanders, Duncan Hines, Ray Kroc, and I, Alan Wolford, have in common? Well, I'm not a chef. I can promise you that. But what I can tell you is that all of us would have to wait until we were after 50 to become famous. See, on the 14th, I had just turned 54. I'd had a great life. But while I was in Credit City, Inc., which you heard in the intro, and Josh was applying my tattoo, I had an epiphany. I had three thoughts come to mind. Because I was thinking about where Josh and I were both former Army medics, and we had both worked in first responders. You know, I, I had three things that I was thinking about. And the first was, I'd bought a lottery ticket and had not won a damn penny. And the second was that after getting my tattoo that, you know, I mentioned at Crater City, Inc. in the intro, that if I was going to be gay for someone, then I would be Josh's boo. I mean, a fellow Army medic and veteran who took on being a firefighter and paramedic as a civilian and then gets to draw tramp stamps on truck drivers and others. What the hell is not to love? I mean, we both love... Uh, chicken and dumplings, Popeyes, it's that, I don't know, it's that energy that becomes comes between two people. But the third thing I realized, you know, it was that I, to be famous, I'd have to be a salesman. Now, Josh and Lori, while I mentioned them, you know, at the beginning of the show with the intro and throughout, he didn't have to sell. His art sold. So what if we took our backgrounds, prior to being 50, prior to being 30, prior to being 40, whatever, 
you know, and we sold the information we had. Would we not be famous? It's kind of scary to think about being famous. Look at the Kardashians. Look at, you know, all these other people and fame follows them everywhere. But then you also have the stuff that's not so famous following them everywhere. People look at everything you do. So don't laugh or sit there thinking, oh, shit, what channel is Joe Rogan on? I dialed the dumbest. Think about it. The bald dude as a salesman. And it sounds strange, but that's exactly what we have to do. Any concept, any idea, anything we want, whether it's with our kids, whether it's with our wife, we have to sell the idea, hey, this is the best thing for you. This is the thing that you want to do. But when you think about it with me, the bad part is for you. I will not sell you a damn thing that you want. Now, the reason you have to consider this, as a salesman, I'm not going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you what you need. See, that's what Colonel Sanders, Duncan Hines, Ray Kroc, and I have in common. All of them had to take life lessons from their past to develop what we have now. Colonel Sanders, before he started KFC, he had been a lawyer. He had worked on lo uh, locomotive or railroad engines, you know, as a stoker. Uh, and I mentioned where he was a lawyer. He quit being a lawyer after he beat up. He beat the shit out of one of his clients while in court. And then he had to leave because he had issues with authority. He had strong opinions on stuff on a lot of his other jobs. But one of the things he had passions for was cooking. Duncan Hines. You see Duncan Hines in every grocery store you go to. Now, he was a salesman. But one of the things that he had done is at 55, he wrote his book, Adventures in Good Eating. Excuse me. And he had even eaten at Sanders Cafe. So when you remember Colonel Sanders, Sanders Cafe was the predecessor to KFC. So he wrote this book. Now, a lot of people think, what the hell's that got to do with safety, with being famous? Colonel Sanders, you know, had started this restaurant. Duncan Hines was traveling around as a salesman. He wrote a book because we didn't have the internet back then, right? We didn't know about the Michelin stars. And for those that aren't familiar, Michelin stars is when they go to a restaurant, they rate on their food, their presentation, the way that the everything is set up. So before that, Duncan Hines went out. And as he was traveling around the country, selling and, you know, going up to industry personnel and saying, hey, this is what I've got. He would try different restaurants so other salesmen, other travelers would know, hey, this is a good restaurant. This is bad. He had to sell the idea to them. So, you know, you think about this. And then Ray Kroc. Ray Kroc went around selling ice cream machines and other things for a restaurant industry. Now, a lot of people are wondering right now. You may be wondering right now. You're sitting there. You just got off work. You're heading to work. What is it that you have to sell? Well, again, you know, what if you had an idea that could help others, right? So what did I do that would make me famous? Nothing yet. But by the end of this year, I'll have produced one of the widest reaching and most impactful podcasts and audio training series on the internet. And it all came from getting my tattoo. It sounds strange, but you can laugh. But while you're laughing, think about what I asked you earlier. And just a short while ago, I asked you to take a moment and look ahead. Do you remember me asking you that? Think about it. I asked you, 
what has happened to you or around you that you know needs addressing or supporting. There's your, there's your end. There's your brick. My answer was simple. When people ask me what's going on, people stopped communicating in a form or fashion that inspired and supported others. Yeah, there are thousands and thousands of podcasts out there. And if you think about it, there's one for just about everything. True crime, history, you know, monsters, uh, extraterrestrials, medicine, all kinds of things out there. But what inspires you to do something? As a safety consultant, I go to a variety of sites, I go to a variety of clients, and I say, hey, what have you done today that's improved your life? And they'll go over some things, you know, it's going to be uh, something simple, something that they thought of and they shared with others. And I said, well, who did you share that with? And a lot of times it was nobody. So what I see as a safety consultant and as a safety professional, and you got to think about this in whatever job you do, because if you're marketing, if you're into teaching or education, you have to sell the idea that this information, this knowledge, uh, this technique is going to help and improve your life. But I see this all the time. The lack of effective communication, and by effective, I mean communication that gets things done, that gets it into their mind that, wow, I wish I would have thought of that sooner. I could have been helping myself. I could have been helping others. I could have been developing this or that. So just to give you an idea of something that was beneficial, last Friday, just before, this was during my birthday, I emailed all my Tennessee, North Carolina, and Virginia-based clients, as well as their insurance companies, in a simple email using constant contact. This is not a sales thing for constant contact. I just want you to see how I developed it, how I got some of the analytics that I'm you know, presenting to you here in this podcast. And that simple email informed them of the potential of serious snow and adverse weather. So what I focused on was not just the adverse weather, but I put in a key thing that I wanted them to focus on, which was the exposure to their employers, or excuse me, employees. They would be working out in this because we know when bad weather hits, let, let's just take the snow. You're going to have frozen pipes. You're going to have people's heating and HVAC systems go down. People are going to have to send them out. So what I had done with that you know, email was simply to address that they need to to pass on to the personnel to watch out for hypothermia. What I did not know was that a client in North Carolina in Forest City was going to share this with multiple other personnel. So the effective communication, while I was saying, hey, look out for your employees, it's going to be out there addressing you know, loss of power, loss of heat, uh, water lines that have frozen up. You know, look at, look at the worker that's going to be out there doing the work. Make sure they don't get hypothermia. And they thought enough in Fort City, North Carolina to forward this to others outside of their, you know, purview, outside of their job description. Say, hey, don't you guys have people that's going to be out helping with move shopping carts? Don't you have people that's going to be working on this or that? Hey, look at this hypothermia thing. But through that simple little email, it was sent out to... 54 individuals, it ended up being shared, shared with 93 others. Imagine that. You have a simple message 
it gets shared. Now try to imagine how many lives were saved from hypothermia because there's already been 10 fatalities, 10 fatalities in, I want to say, 2022 alone, just since the beginning of the, uh, the year because of exposure. Because people, when you call them up, they're going to send somebody out, they're going to repair, they're going to fix. Remember what I told you earlier. Think about something that you had to address. Think, think about something where you had to expose an employee. So I sent this out, and my recipients of this email thought enough to communicate with others. So previously where I'd said, lack of communication, this group took it and done amazing things. They shared that simple message and helped prepare them for weather and potential health and safety issues with people that may not have thought about it. Because in these areas of North Carolina, South Carolina, they don't generally see this kind of weather. So while they're at work, they're not looking at weather conditions or look, not looking at weather forecasts. Some people do. But a majority of my clients, you know, they don't know about it until they get home at 1800, which is 6 o'clock for those that don't know. Uh, you know, so they don't think and it's too late then. They've already left the office. Who are they going to notify? Think about the people that you're going to impact. Think about the people that you're going to support. You want to be famous? All you have to do is stop one person from crossing the street before the light turns the correct color for them to go. So these people were my force multipliers. And in the end, imagine how many potential injuries, illnesses, or incidents were prevented because we took time to communicate with one another. My fame is not from changing a mind or a concept. I can't change your mind. You're listening to this podcast. I'm no Joe Rogan. I'm not going to have millions and millions of listeners. Joe Rogan, I love you, man. You do a great show. I'm only going to have a couple hundred thousand. What's going to make me famous is not the couple hundred thousand that's going to listen. But the people they share it to, when they impact that life, because they said, hey, check your tire pressure. The roads are slick. Hey, make sure you have this in your car in case you break down. Hey, watch out for down power lines because ice build up. What's not, I'm not going to be famous because I, I was Duncan Hines and I drove around writing restaurants. And now my name is in every single you know, grocery store or high-end store. Because I wrote about great cooks and they wanted my name on their product because people knew they read about me. Fame is not forever. Look at the Kardashians. Look at anybody. When they go and they pass away, God forbid, I don't want anybody to die. What carries their name? Duncan Hines has products everywhere. He wrote a, he wrote a book. He was a salesman. But his book was about great things. Colonel Sanders was a lawyer, got kicked out for beating up, you know, his client, but he made great chicken. Fame is not something that we want to achieve. Fame is going to be achieved because whatever you presented to that individual, whether you're listening to the podcast, whether it's a class you presented, whether it was a board meeting you gave advice at, when that individual dies, it's going to be in their soul. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about it. Energy never dies. When a body is gone, the energy leaves. There's your spirits, there's your ghosts, whatever. You don't want to be famous and people follow you around, paparazzi and whatever. 
Your fame is going to be because the message you gave was not just about how to do this or how to do that, but to share it with others so that your information, your legacy remains intact. They'll never remember your name. They'll remember what you've done. And you'll be carried on through eons and eons of personnel. Let's hope so. You know, everything depends on what's going on around us. So I don't want you to think about building a castle. I don't want to build a castle. I want to form a block. So while you're driving or sitting there, I want you to look in your hands. How big is a block? Is it the size of a brick? Is it the size of something, you know, like a uh, gray block that you see on the side of the building? And I want to give everyone that block to begin, to, excuse me, to begin building and reinforcing their own futures with. If I give you the idea to pull over right now and detect three people, three people, that's it. Hey, watch out for traffic on, you know, 75. Watch out for this. Watch out for that. There's fog coming up. That's three lives that you've impacted. And then they're going to share that with three other people. And then they're going to share that with five other people. You just became famous. People don't think about that. They, they think it's got to be something you can hold in your hand no, if you save nine lives because of a simple text message, remember, pull over first. I'm not telling you, text while you're driving. Don't be doing that shit. That's not safe. And as a safety consultant, I want to put that into your head. But if you communicate small things, like I did through that newsletter, you know, I said, hey, here's the weather. Their emergency action plan, you know, goes into consideration because people don't think about that. People don't think about, oh, Alan said there's a storm coming. It's going to be winter weather. If we lose power, think of if you're in a nursing home. How are you going to hook up the breathing machines? How are you going to hook up this? Do you have a generator? What is your backup plan? You know, it's the little things. You're saying, hey, focus on hypothermia. Focus on the guys out in the field. But it inspires them to do so much more. That's where fame comes in. And you don't have to be 55. That's complete bullshit. But by the end of this year... I will have a million listeners that will take a moment and text three people and say, hey, did you check on this? Did you check on that? Is your first aid kit stocked? Our fame should be found in the souls of the recipients we impacted simply, simply by talking to them. Then it will last forever. And I say to text it because most people today, you if you try to talk to them, it's like, man, I'm on my way. I've got to do this. You text them, they've got it there, and they'll remember it. Because they're going to go back to it. Like I said, I will never be at a Joe Rogan level because I'll only have a few hundred thousand listeners. But all it takes is one. Because somebody's going to share whatever you took the time to say, hey, watch out for the ice on here. Watch out for the fog here. Hey, did you know that you can pour sugar on a cut and it'll stop it and clot it? Hey, did you know you can put cayenne pepper in somebody's mouth that's having a heart attack and it will help them stay alive? Think about it. That is your brick. Then that one will pass it on to another because they'll say, that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. But it makes sense when they look it up. Within two hours, two hours, after I released the last podcast on how first aid kits brought on changes in PPE, 21 members, I think it was 21, if I looked at the analytics correctly, of one of the safety groups that I'm part of on Facebook, they shared it with other safety professionals, and within one day, 24 hours, that's it, 
there were over 423 downloads because this is safety. They thought, how do I get these guys? They can't wear their gloves. They won't wear their glasses. They won't do this. They went and Googled the last podcast I did and they thought it was brilliant. Now, there was a couple that said, that's bullshit. You treat everybody equally. But if I'm communicating to an individual, hey, that's not the best way to do this. That's not the best way to go. And I find a way around it, and it's more impactful than constantly talking, retraining, or writing them up. I'm going to be famous. Because all it took was going in a different direction. Sometimes you have to reverse. Sometimes you have to change. So like I said, I'm not selling them what they want. I'm selling them what they need. Anything that makes them successful. So think and think hard. What and where do you see that something needs fixing? Who needs support and how fast will you be able to make it happen? That brick that I'm handing you right now with this message is going to make you famous. Swear to God, hand to God. You're sitting on something great. There may be thousands of others, but nobody can present it to the group that you know, the people you know, because they're not you. Don't wait to be 55 to be Colonel Sanders, Duncan Hines, me, Ray Kroc. Don't think that the stuff you have and the knowledge you have is important. Take that shit out from between your ears, put it in your hands, and get it out there. The best thing is communication. That's where so many people fail. It's not because they're not good trainers. It's not because of this. You can't help how a person interprets a message. Get the idea out there. Communicate it. Reinforce it. Back it up. Call me. I will help you. So think again. You've got that amazing brick in the center of your mind. Get it out. Share it. Be famous. And do great things. Again, you've been listening to Alan Wolford on Dire of a Bald Man. Now get off your ass, take your brick, build others up, and do amazing things so I can tell people I knew you win. Thank you for listening. This podcast has been produced by Alan Wolford for entertainment purposes only. This or any other podcast produced by Alan does not constitute legal, medical, marital, sexual, or professional advice. This, and any other podcast, does not reflect the opinions of his employers, clients, family, O'Sharp, Facebook groupies, promotional sponsors, or baby Jesus. Any health information shared, or mentioned as an alternative, does not create any patient-physician relationship, or other professional relationship, between the audience and presenters. No person listening to any podcast from this rocket surgeon, should act, or refrain from acting, based on the content of a podcast without first seeking appropriate professional advice and or counseling. Nor shall the information be used as a substitute for professional advice and or counseling. As stated earlier, this show is for entertainment purposes, not how to lead or change your life. Do what the voices in your head tell you to do. Or what your spouse approves of. Alan Wofford and all guests of the show expressly disclaims any and all liability relating to any actions taken or not taken based on any or all contents of this site.